You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, Thursday Night Football in the Books, and it was a good one. Crazy ending to Packers, Cardinals, way to get into all that, and the rest of the Sunday and Monday night schedule that we did not cover on yesterday's show, which is most of the games. We'll make our picks and predictions. At BD Peacock is where you can find me on Twitter, my co-host Matt Williamson at Williamson NFL. This episode of Locked On, this episode of the Peacock and Williamson NFL show is brought to you by <laughs> McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965, McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. McDonald's, I'm loving it. Uh, I was loving what I saw on Thursday Night Football, Matt. I got it first thing because I don't want to forget this. My game ball for this goes to Matt LaFleur because this guy just wins. Yeah. You, you take away half of his wide receivers and most of the good ones, the top three on the depth chart. Nah, it's okay. We'll find a way to win. We'll change up this uh, this game plan. We'll we'll get AJ Dillon rolling in the mix as a you know splitting the time at running back, and then utilize our pass catching back as we sort of predicted. Matt uh, Aaron Jones getting involved with eleven targets. Where did those Devonte Adams targets go? Well, they went to Aaron Jones for the most part. Little Robert Tanyan mixed in some Winfrey getting some action. Some Equinemius St. Brown, Randall Cobb with five targets. So uh, even the rookie Amari Rogers finally finally making an appearance. He had a, a seven yard reception, a couple of carries as well. So love the game plan and. Uh, th- this is why Matt LaFleur is for real, and he's got a Hall of Fame quarterback, which helps a little bit too. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up LaFleur because, I mean, he goes 13-3 and three his first season with the Packers, and people forget Rodgers wasn't awesome that year. I mean, that was, you know, the Jordan Love experience was coming around, you know, and I all the, all the analytics folks, and I bought into this, you know, after that season were like, yeah, but all the numbers show that this really wasn't a 13-win team. They outkicked their their real play, their their EPA, their yards per game, all these things indicate that they're probably a 9 or 10-win team. Well, the next year they go 13 and 3, Rodgers wins the MVP. And this year, they're 7 and 1 with one flub up at the beginning of the season and, and I know it exists, but if we would just look at the last 7 weeks, maybe this team would be Number one in the power ranks. They just beat the undefeated team in the league. They're clearly one of the five contenders in the NFC that stand out. And between LaFleur and Rodgers, they just seem to win every week. And every week I'm saying, boy, the Packers didn't blow me away, but they figured out a way to win. And those Jari Alexander or Zadarius Smith or Bakhtiari, I mean, those guys are elite players. No Adams, you know, and you mentioned the game plan and the usage of Jones. There was still a lot of communication problems between Rodgers and his receivers and, you know, him getting frustrated and mm-hmm. short week and you're down your top three guys and Tanyan gets hurt in the game. I mean, just one thing after another. And it was an entertaining game without question. The end was crazy. I mean, it was very crazy. And, you know, the the, the Packers benefited from that Rondell Moore muffed punt and, you know, an interception that they got the ball with great field position mm-hmm. too. So there's a couple things that went their way, but it seems like it's like that all the time. You know, they take advantage of mistakes. They don't lose the game. There's an art to that. I don't know about you though. I mean, 
it was two powerhouse teams, but I didn't think either team was at their best. I wasn't super impressed with the execution of either team. A lot of injuries kind of give it, I kind of washed that away with short week. Yeah. NFL's not as good on Thursday, you know? Yeah, I think Thursday's part of it just adds to a little bit of a, you know, a cluster, you know what, there uh, on yeah. Thursday with little time to prepare. But and that's what's more impressive, too, about the Packers going in and right. on the road to uh, to Arizona and winning this football game. And the Cardinals, and here's the thing is, so we talked about how the, the Packers were able to get through without Devontae Adams. And the Cardinals defense, I thought, played pretty well, too, without J.J. Watt. So... Um, those teams are going to have to figure some things out, especially the Cardinals, because they're not getting J.J. Watt back. The Packers will get Devontae Adams and Lazard and MVS and all those guys back in that offense. And so um, there is no longer an unbeaten in the NFL with those Cardinals. Kyler Murray, you talked about the Packers and Aaron Rodgers and the communication with his wide receivers that he hadn't used a lot this year. And then it was the communication at the end of the game that sealed it for the Packers win yeah, when yeah. Kyler Murray threw the interception that was A.J. Green not even looking for the ball. Like, the play was supposed to go to the other side. Murray chose the one-on-one, and, I mean, that's a veteran wide receiver and A.J. Green not expecting the ball at all, just sort of running a weird clear-out route or something. I don't know what he was doing in the end zone. you got to at least turn around in case you're the open guy. Yeah, right. I mean, it, was he blocking? Uh, that yeah, was a very odd play. I mean... And things are just going the Packers' way. I mean, the, the the couple, three big breaks all went Green Bay's way in this one. And I didn't think either quarterback was particularly sharp or, you know, I mean, it wasn't a lot of standout performances. But, you know, again, Green Bay just keeps winning. 7-1 and one is 7-1. and one. Some big-time runs late by Aaron Jones, and Dylan yeah, looked really yeah. good, too. Uh, Dylan, the the leading rusher, actually, but Jones had a couple of, you know, really nice ones to seal it at the end of the game there. Um there About was, as good a one-two punch as you're going to find. Yeah, I mean that was, and they're so different. The, the, to yeah. be able to get them both working, I think was uh, nice for them. And you mentioned no Bakhtiari, so the offensive line still playing well for Green Bay, which is you know a good sign for the rest of the year. Uh, I like the catch from Randall Cobb in the end zone. Went up with the big boy grab and, and pulled down a touchdown catch. Uh, but unfortunately, it looks like Robert Tanyan went down with a, a torn ACL, so that might be it for him this year. Yeah, I mean, I think Green Bay could use the extra long week. Maybe they get a Bakhtiari back or something like that as well. I would imagine Adams shouldn't have any, you know, lingering effects or anything like that. But Tanyan's a loss, you know. I mean, they'll overcome it, though. They're This is a good team. I'm not worried about Arizona either, by the way. No, the, these were two good teams. No, we'll no, see these teams right. probably again in the playoffs, maybe playing each other. Who knows? NFC Championship game? What, after seeing one game so far in Week 8, do you put Packers at number one in your power rankings now? No. I Did you have the Cardinals I, there before? I had Buffalo there before, I think. Okay. But Cardinals were two. Um, the biggest deal, I, I don't know, I... I I'm saying all these good things about the Packers, but I'm sort of subtly saying they're not a powerhouse. You know, like that's I've been I keep saying that all year, and then I keep giving them compliments about, but they're seven and one. They find a way to win. They don't hurt themselves. Rogers understands how to win in this league. Lafleur does this every year. But I feel like of the five NFC powerhouses and the best teams in the AFC, they're on the lower end of that tier. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun yeah. tournament, and these are two teams that's going to be in it. And, and how this seeding plays out down the stretch is going to be so important. I think this year, more than a lot of years, that uh, that buy is going to be huge in both conferences. And that's what's key about this game. You know, two teams yes. are 7-1, and one, but Green Bay has the head-to-head. That's the biggest ramification of all. 
We've got a bunch of games to get into here. Let's get to the rest of the week eight slate that we did not cover yesterday. And uh, let's jump in here with Eagles and Lions, two of the worst teams in the NFL right now. A couple of teams We're that are down. drafting in the top three. Eagles with a couple of extra picks um, with at least one extra first rounder there. And the Lions still looking for that first win. Is this the week the Lions get that win? They are at home at 0-7 hosting the 2-5 and Eagles. I'm definitely taking the points. Um, I don't like what Philly's doing at all. I'm sure I'm tempted to take the upset special and take the home team to get their first win. The I don't think the Lions will pressure or disturb Goff enough that their zone, you know, very basic defenses will confuse them. I think he'll have enough time and he'll be able to pick that apart, even with Hawkinson, especially Swift. That safety linebacker combination isn't great against those two dudes. The Lions D does nothing for me at all, but I think the Eagles offense is really struggling. I'm going to say they win, but I'm not sure Jalen Hurts gets out of the game. And I'll take the three and a half is what I'm looking at in favor of the Lions. Yeah, Uh, I I like taking that three and a half too with the Lions at home. So home dog, give me that points especially since it's three and a half so they can you know the Eagles can still win by a field goal which is kind of how I feel about this game I think it's close I think it's a pretty good line but um, the Eagles have been a team that has just sort of found a way to lose but they haven't really been blown out a lot Uh, they they did get uh, there was one really lopsided game who was that against the Packers or uh, the Cowboys yeah, 41-21, you know, that was a 20-point loss there. But they, they hang on against the they Chiefs, do. but still lose. They hang they they hung on against the Buccaneers. They lost, but it was a one-score game, you know. So I just think that they're better. They're in a next tier above where the Lions are, but they're not in such a big tier that I think they're going to go on the road and, uh, and blow out the Lions necessarily either. So give me the points, but give me the Eagles straight up. I don't know that it's a big deal because they don't hand the football to running backs, but Miles Sanders went on IR today too. So sounds like three weeks and then he'll be back. But like fantasy, I'm not jumping on any of those backs. Yeah. I mean, I think Gainwell is probably worth a look now because there's less competition for him. And early in the season, he started to look good and then kind of disappeared from the game plans. And now that Sanders is out of no choice. And I think this is the type of game where they're going to need a running back against the lions. So I just don't know if they'll use them. They should. Maybe they that's should. I know that they. I agree on the should part, and not like not a huge, not a huge bunch of confidence there, right? In coaching quarterback for the Eagles right God. now, and that's the most important thing you need to be a winning football team in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, much more faith in coaching quarterback in Detroit than Philly. Wow. I don't know about quarterback. (laughs) I think quarterback is a push, and maybe even you give it to Hurts just because of what he can do on the ground as well. But I like. I like Dan Campbell and, and maybe it's just going to be a fun ride and not a winning ride with Dan Campbell there, Possibly. but you know, there's some kind of a good vibe at least so far for an Owen seven team, at least bunch of games to cover in week eight. We'll get to all the rest of the schedule. We'll make our picks coming up. This episode of lockdown 49ers brought to you by McDonald's proudly serving community since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable, Food, friends and family showing up to reconnect. You bring a bag of food back home, uh, a place where classmates can meet up. You do a study group. They've got dependable Wi-Fi even. And, of course, endless supplies of 
French fries. And I know my son is a fiend already for French fries at three years old, as was I for McDonald's fries. Back in the day, win or lose, McDonald's is a place where teammates, competitors, the home team can come to recharge on a road trip, rest your legs, and refuel. The post-game Little League game stop, right? You stop in, maybe even with the whole team at McDonald's, grab some burgers and fries and some, some nuggets. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Maybe even catch an episode of Peacock and Williamson while you're there on their reliable Wi-Fi. McDonald's, I'm loving it. By the way, thanks everybody for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day. Your second listen next Tuesday should be the live Locked On NFL trade deadline special previewing the second half of the season and everything that goes on at the trade deadline. That is November 2nd, Tuesday, live on the Locked On NFL YouTube channel, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern time. You're going to want to check that out. Big game going on in Chicago for the San Francisco 49ers because there is going to be just an outcry of what the heck is going on if the 49ers don't go handle business against the Chicago Bears and rookie quarterback Justin Fields in Chicago because Justin Fields was famously maybe the most popular pick for 49ers fans to be selected at number three. And there was so much talk about those rookie quarterbacks. If the Chicago Bears, who didn't have to spend as much as the 49ers did to go up and get their quarterback, and the Niners not playing their rookie quarterback, but the Bears are, and if that rookie quarterback goes and beats Kyle Shanahan, who passed on him, a little revenge game action there, to put the 49ers at 2-5 and five on the season, there's going to be a lot of splaining to be done by Kyle Shanahan because of how bad Justin Fields has looked, really, too, this season before this game. So the Niners need to be able to go there, Nick Bosa eating, going and taking care of business and uh, getting pressure on Justin Fields and making him look as you know bad as he's looked in a lot of games so far this year with that offensive line. Yeah, and I do think the, the Niners front has a nice advantage against the Bears offensive line without question. I kind of want to bet against both these teams. Um, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like injury-wise, Khalil Mack is out. Yes. Trey Lance will probably play and maybe see the field here and there and maybe get Kittle back. Kittle is a no this week, okay. it looks like. Um Mac, it looks like, is a no. I think he's officially listed as doubtful, but I mm-hmm. think the writing's on the wall that he's probably not going to play. Trey Lance has been limited in practice, so I think he's going to be healthy enough to suit up, but I don't think he's practiced enough for him to be a part of the game plan and get on the field gotcha. much either. So maybe they, and especially since he got banged up from running the ball so much in his first start, I don't know if they want to use him as a batting ram either, even in some short yardage situations, which would be probably helpful. So I think it's going to be a lot of Jimmy Garoppolo in his old hometown too. So um, yeah, it's going to be a fun game. Jimmy G has been pretty bad this year. He's been really yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. And um, the stats prove it. He's last in the league in big-time throws, but he's still making turnover-worthy plays, and that is a really bad combination. So he's got to figure that out. Kyle Shanahan's got to figure out what's going on on the offensive side of the ball. The defense has been fine, and this game you know, looks like one of those low-scoring games, and Vegas thinks the same. 39-and-a-half is the over-under there, and the Niners favored by four on the road. I don't really like giving up that many points for a team that's not playing well on the road. So this is sort of like that home dog situation with the Lions where give me the points with the Bears, but give me the Niners straight up. 
Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. And because I'm thinking, I always think Chicago this time of year is kind of a slow, sloppy track. You know, weather Windy. might not be bad, but it probably will be some sort of influence. And I don't think, I think both teams want to run the football. Um, you know, the low over under makes me to say, give me points. I agree. <laughs> Panthers at Falcons, three and four Packers against the three and three Falcons. The Falcons are coming on a little bit and the Panthers are tanking. So if you're just looking at which direction their stock is going, the Falcons at home is the pick and the odds makers agree. They've got the Falcons favored by three points at home. Yeah, I'm going to lay the three. I, I just think that coach and quarterback in Atlanta, kind of an underreported story are starting to really click with one another and understand what this offense is going to be. Uh, they're using Cordero Patterson and Kyle Pitts in a variety of ways, and it's really working. Haven't had to rely on Ridley, but I think that's still in the cards. Um, I just don't like where Darnold and the Panthers O-line and lack of McCaffrey is at right now. I don't think they can exploit a suspect Falcons D in the dome. I'll give you the three. Yeah, the Panthers haven't been scoring a lot of points, and Arnold's been turning the ball over, but they have enough weapons yeah. on offense. I feel like they could potentially get it going against the Falcons. And you would hope. this could be one of those uh, higher scoring games, and the last team that has the ball wins. I don't have enough confidence, even though we've seen Matt Ryan and Ridley back and Pitts getting going in that offense now. I still don't have confidence in the Falcons overall as a team to give up those points. So I am going, and it's not a long trip either for the Panthers to go down to Atlanta. So uh, give me, give me the points here in this one. Although I think I would take Atlanta straight up, but this is just, these teams are close enough to where I'll take the points and it's not a long trip. Doesn't it feel like this is a very pivotal Darnold game? Like if you can't move the football consistently and be a average ish, starting quarterback against this defense right now, we need to really, really worry about you. Like maybe you don't finish the season as a starter yeah, type guy. I'm just thinking that I don't know. I don't even know who the backup quarterback is in Carolina. It's uh PJ Walker. The, oh yeah. The, Matt rules yeah. guy. And he started yeah. for him last year. So that's, that's kind of a pretty easy swap, especially if PJ Walker's looking at all good in practice, right? Yeah. I know they like him. He replaced Arnold at the end of last week a little bit, you know, I mean, Good athlete. I don't know a ton about him. He tore up the, what, the XFL or whatever league that was. I should know. But he was like the best quarterback there. Matt Rule loves him. Um, He might be somebody that gets in the mix. Yeah, played with Rule back at Temple, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, So maybe that's the way to go. We'll find out. It's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be an interesting game. It's going to be a fun one to see where those teams are going. See if the Falcons have really turned that thing around because they look bad at the beginning of the year. And maybe they figure something out, which is, you know, to be expected with the new coaching staff. Yeah, and I thought Smith was a really good hire, and I questioned myself for that that first month or so, but I think it's starting to come to fruition. Here's one with playoff implications, Matt. If the Colts want to go do anything in the AFC South, they've got to take care of business at home against the Tennessee Titans. The Colts coming off a big win at 3-4. and four. Their season's starting to look a little bit better here. The Titans coming off a couple of big wins are looking at playing some pretty good ball at 5-2 and two right now. Um, the last few weeks, the Titans have looked awesome, so I'm kind of surprised that Tennessee right now is not favored. It's actually the Colts favored by two and a half. I am going to take the Titans on the road here. I don't think the Colts are in a situation to be favored over the Titans at this point. 
I agree. It's like, what's Vegas know here? This one doesn't quite add up. I would think Tennessee's getting two and or laying two and a half on the road, yes. and very pivotal time for the Colts. You know, their their season's absolutely looking up. No one seems to talk about it, but Wentz is playing well, not just okay, well. Uh, Jonathan Taylor looks like one of the best ball carriers in the league. They need this game. I mean, if they can knock off the Titans, that would go a really long way. I almost feel like it's a must-win type of situation because they weren't lucky enough for the Titans to lose what should have been tough games for them these past two weeks. Tennessee's rolling. So is Vegas just telling us, this is not a good matchup for Tennessee and all of you folks are going to bite and take the points and we're just putting it out there on a silver platter. And then Jonathan Taylor runs for 200 yards against them and they control everything at home. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not big on the Colts corners though, against, you know, AJ Brown and maybe Julio. I never really count on him. <laughs> I'm taking the bait. Give me the points. I think they're the better team. Julio questionable, which means he's going to play uh, Harold Landry. Who's been there. It's been awesome. It's what, seven and a half sacks right, or something yeah. this year. He also popped up with, I think it was a hamstring or something at practice this week. So he's a maybe. I believe they're both questionable. But, you know, questionable means they'll probably play. T.Y. Hilton came Julio. back and then got hurt again. I mean, if you got Julio and A.J. Brown and what Derrick Henry's been doing, I don't really see how the Colts could be favored in this one. Even if uh, and this is not a neutral, this is not a neutral game. I mean, this is not a, a pick 'em game in a neutral site. So this is no, a, right. this is a, a Titans by three. So at worst, an even an even line at home for the Colts to me. So I, I just think the line it, it feels off. Even you know the Colts being able to run the ball and it's at home. Uh, I'm not buying it. Yeah, I'm not either. I, uh, again, we might be like, boy, Vegas knew a thing or two when uh, the Colts win this game by three when it's said and done. I, I just think Tennessee's better. I think they're more talented. They're playing better. Uh, I'm going to go with the Titans. Next, we've got Patriots Chargers, Jaguars Seahawks, Washington at Denver, Bucks at Saints, which is a fun one, and uh, Cowboys Vikings. Oh, and Chiefs Giants on Monday Night Football. We've got a lot to finish yeah. up here on today's program coming up next. Do you want 15% off a box of Built Bars? Well, I'm going to tell you how to do it. You can get any of their fantastic original flavors. They've got some marshmallowy puff flavors right now and the newest blueberry muffin, which is fantastic shooting up my power rankings for Built Bar flavors. What's your favorite flavor? Get 15% off at Built.com. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Most flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and only 4 grams of sugar and 4 grams of net carbs. Uh, Maybe you want a little bit more protein. You get up to 18 grams of protein in some flavors, like the peanut butter, which is my favorite. But there's a ton of great flavors, all covered in delicious 100% chocolate the nine original flavors a bunch of new flavors i think they got 18 flavors up there you can build your own box and mix and match flavors that's promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com impressive impressive patriots win last week matt the chargers at four and two are at home it's a cross-country trip for those pats at three and four they put 54 points on the jets how many points can that offense put on the Chargers? How do we feel about this matchup? The Chargers are favored as they should be by four and a half points. Chargers are at home, so I assume Herbert and company will have to use a silent count. They don't have to deal with crowd noise. Patriots you know, travel of- well. <laughs> yeah, right. And I'm sure Belichick's looking at this like, 
we can run all over these guys, shorten the game, just interior runs, get the third and two, Mac Jones converts, 15 play drives, you know, things like that. I just think the Chargers are getting a little disrespected here after a rough game. The last we saw them coming off a bye, they should be healthy. They're just so much more talented. The Chargers only mustered six points last week. I don't know what that was with the or last game. I don't know what that was with the Chargers, but I'm still very high on that Chargers team. Cross-country trip. uh, I think four and a half points is not enough to scare me off. Patriots look great, but hey, let's slow down. That was the Jets, and Bill Belichick does that to the Jets often. Uh, Give me the Chargers, and uh, yeah, I'll give up those points. The Jacksonville Jaguars are traveling to Seattle. Only three combined wins here. The one and five Jags at the two and five Seahawks. Seattle favored by three and a half at home. I'm really tempted to take the upset special here and say Jacksonville goes on the road and wins. And that's only an indictment on the Seahawks. I can't, though. I mean, is Jacksonville going to go to the farthest road trip they possibly can in the great Northwest and deal with some elements and some crowd noise with Urban Meyer leading the charge to beat the Seahawks, I can't quite go there. But I think Seattle's a bad football team right now. I'm going to say Seattle wins like 21-20. There was a crazy trade rumor that Dan Patrick was talking about that almost happened in 2018. I heard about this week that uh, that the Cleveland Browns very nearly traded for Russell Wilson. 2018 Russell Wilson. That that would have been a hard player to go get. And remember, that was after there was all the crazy stuff with Cleveland and the front office changeover, and then they tried to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, but Bill Belichick traded him to the Niners instead. Then they over tried to overspend on trading for A.J. McCarron, but then that deal didn't get done like before the trade deadline or something. Remember right, all that right. madness that happened with them? That was that following offseason in 2018. Apparently, they went big after Russell Wilson. How that would have changed things for those Browns right now. With what's going on in that defense, that running game, you have Russell Wilson at quarterback. Woo. I, I almost took it the other way. What if they would have settled on McCarron? <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, what if that would have gone through? Or they got saved by right. from themselves. And that was a uh, that was still the old coaching staff, right? I think that, I remember Hugh Jackson used to Hugh be Jackson was involved in the McCarron thing, and I think he got McCarron. fired, so I think the new coaching staff took over in twenty eighteen. Is that right? And, and I think that would oh, have no. been the first pick overall Baker year would have went to Seattle and maybe they would have taken Josh Allen or Baker or Lamar. Who knows? You know, crazy. Was there another um, coach between Stefanski and Hugh Jackson? Am I blanking on somebody? Yeah. And he was oh. the one that took, he was the interim for yes. Hugh. What was his name? Uh, it was the he offensive line. There, oh, Everyone was excited about him because Baker's first year with him went pretty well. And then Greg and Williams then was, was there, and Greg Williams said he had head coaching offers or something too. Or that, right, that so many of them. Madness right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm anyway, going to take the got off track here, though. Yeah, what's that? Uh, sorry, we got off track there. Yeah, we really did. We're we're talking Jag Seahawks, and then before you know, we're talking about Russell Wilson and all that good stuff. I think Wilson might not be a Seahawk next year, but. I'm going to say the Jags with the points are the bet here. Man, the Jags burned you. The Jags burned you. I can't believe you're going back to that. By the way, I guess we'll have to check into our run your pool after this week because we're at 72 entries of the 200 still 
left. We haven't had any big moments. I wonder if there's a big upsets on tap this week that can knock everybody out. The Texans beat the Rams or something like that. Um, but uh, going back to this football game, I'm I'm still going to take the Seahawks on the uh, at home. It's a tough place to play, even with Geno Smith at quarterback. I'll give up those three and a half points against the Jags. How about Washington at Denver? Two disappointing teams right now. Two teams that are having trouble accumulating wins at this portion of the season. Uh, Jerry Judy coming back for Denver. I think that's enough for me. Denver giving up three points at home. Tough place to play. Washington hasn't shown me much. Maybe a little boost for that offense in Denver. Denver favored by three. Yeah, I'll give up those points at home for for the Broncos against Washington. Yeah, me too. I mean, my thoughts are... Washington, most of these players have never played in this kind of altitude, and that's a, a shocker if you've never done it. I expect Bridgewater to value the football much more than Heineke. I don't like where Gibson is right now. I mean, he's really struggling at the in the what there's not a lot of other weapons besides McLaurin. You get Judy back. I keep expecting a Javante Williams breakout, take over the running back game. Maybe it's here. Denver's both these D's are ailing a little but I still t- trust Denver's D more than I do Washington's I'll lay the three I want to move on to a big one in the NFC South we've got Titans Colts in the AFC South in the morning and then in the afternoon we've got the NFC South matchup of six and one Buccaneers at the four and two Saints the Saints coming on strong right now Tampa on the road favored by four and a half points how do you see this one going Matt yeah I like the Saints here this is one of my I don't want to say favorite bets of the week, but ones I would put the most ducats down on. Tough place to play. A lot of Bucks injuries. You know, we know that Lattimore give, gives Evans a lot of problems, but there's no AB or, you know, a, a third option to really, you know, excel. I love how the Saints D is playing. I got a lot of faith in Sean Payton. So I think they keep this thing close and I'll take the points at home. And I'm going to say Bucks win, but I like the points here. I think that's the smart way to play this. I feel like you can wait later in the week, maybe on Sunday morning, get a better number and still take the Buccaneers, you know, but so, but I'll still take I'm looking the, at five. So maybe it's okay. trending that way. Actually, I've got four and a half here uh, on another yeah. one I'm looking at. So yeah, maybe it is going in that direction. It gets to four and maybe that feels, it makes you feel a little bit better, but I'll still give up the points and take the Buccaneers. I still just think they're a better football team. And I know New Orleans is a tough place to play, but I mean, just give me Tom Brady. Give me four, four and a half points of Tom Brady over James Winston at this point. You know, that's kind of what I'm looking at with this game. The Bucks are just too good, so I can't bet against them. Not quite enough points to uh, scare me off. Not a bad way to look at it. The whole Brady-Winston thing is a little tough to argue in the same favor. <laughs> How about Cowboys-Vikings here on Sunday Night Football? Does this line seem wrong to you? doesn't seem like it should be the other way around. This is like that Titans the one trying to get us yeah i mean the the home team last week we did this too and, and there was uh, i think it was the rams went across the country and they handled business but then there was another trip where it was like oh my oh, it was the chargers trip across the country it's like oh my god so uh you know but this isn't even a cross-country trip or anything this is the cowboys going to minnesota to place the to play the vikings in prime time with the way the cowboys have played and the way the vikings have played this year i feel like it's wrong i just feel like that's too many yeah. points at home and maybe the the folks that are smarter than us that set these lines know something we don't, but I, 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 I got to take points and take the Cowboys here. I just don't see how you cannot. Yeah. I mean, I bring this up all the time is there's five NFC teams. I think are contenders. Dallas is one of them. Minnesota's maybe seventh. And there's a pretty big gap. And 
I know the Vikes are coming off a bye, and I could picture a scenario where Dalvin Cook runs for 170, 180, you know, and just controls this game. But if you're going to give me the better team and points, I'm in. I'm not worried about Dak's injury either. That's what I was just going to say. I, I went to check, and Dak's questionable right now. Uh, Trayvon Diggs is questionable. Tyron Smith is questionable. If all those guys are out, okay, now we're talking. That would move the needle, but I think they will all actually be playing. Um, and the Dak injury I don't think is too serious and doesn't scare me away. So, yeah, give me the Cowboys easy in this one. That leaves us with Monday night football. Those Kansas City Chiefs. They are currently my pick in our run year pool survivor pool. I'm still alive, Matt. You have not been alive. We haven't talked much about it since your Jaguars pick in week one. Going back to the Jaguars this week with your pick. Okay. Um, but we've got the Chiefs nine and a half points favored at home. The Chiefs are three and four, by the way. The Giants looked pretty good last week. They're at two and five right now on the road in Kansas City. Um, this feels like a, a real solid pick with the Chiefs, but there's also something going on there that's not quite right with that Chiefs offense, and they can't play defense with a lick either. No, and I feel like the Giants have exceeded my very low expectations, and that, a lot of that goes around Daniel Jones. Um, I really wish we knew what receivers were playing for the, the Giants. I mean, Shepard and Tony and Barkley and Galladay are all – practicing on the side all week and you get that extra day of practice. So they're, you know, they're a day behind everybody else. I don't like where the chiefs are. And you would think super proud winning team Monday night, everyone watching, this is how they blow up out of their shell and win this game by 30. And all of us are talking on Tuesday that, ah, why were we ever worried about the chiefs? <laughs> I don't know that they're capable of that right now. I'm going to take the points. Subject to change Monday afternoon. <laughs> right now, everybody's listed as questionable that you uh, that you laid out there. Uh, Shepard, Evan Ingram, Kadarius Tony, Saquon Barkley, they're all listed as questionable, which is usually a good sign. Usually the questionables play, but not always. Mm -hmm. That said, I, I can't pick the Giants to go into Kansas City and, you know, upset the Chiefs for sure. Nine and a half points is a lot of points, but... Still, this is there should be such a big gap in these two teams, and maybe I'm I'm silly for for using the Chiefs in my survivor pool this week. Maybe I'm silly for giving up nine and a half points, but I'm going to do it and I'm going to take KC because they're going to get it right and turn into a juggernaut at some point this season. How about this? This is a really good idea that I saw out there, and it makes a lot of sense. How about a trade deadline deal now that Tanyan? Looks like he probably tore his ECL with the Packers. What about the Packers making a deal for Evan Ingram? I thought about that too. I actually mentioned it to a buddy last night thinking this would be a good spot for him. They need wideouts. They need tight ends. He's kind of both. Yeah. You know, you could get him cheap. You know, I think that's a, I think he, that makes a ton of sense. He's a first round pick, so he might not be the cheapest player. And I think the, Packers don't have much from a salary cap perspective, but I think they should be able to fit in someone like Evan Ingram. That one makes a lot of sense. And the the Giants yeah. have Caden Smith who can hold it down at tight end. And you know, there, there's no plans to re-sign Evan Ingram, who's been a huge disappointment for the Giants so far, too. So yeah, let's do it. I like that deal. Maybe that's something that'll pop up in the Locked On NFL trade deadline special happening live Tuesday, 3 p.m. Eastern. How about you're a professional? On the Locked On NFL YouTube page. Thanks for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every single day. And we'll be back with you first thing Monday morning. 
breaking down. Well, first thing Monday morning for me on the West Coast, noon for you guys on the East Coast, breaking down everything we saw from week eight.